Welcome to another episode of Destination Linux Podcast. Welcome to episode 36 of Destination Linux. Today we have a special show, something out of the ordinary different from the normal news and gaming sections. We have an interview with somebody that I think you're going to love. So let me ask you, Ryan, have you ever wanted to buy a laptop with Linux preloaded on it? I have always wanted this. And in fact, I've went and bought a laptop with Linux on it. But I'm going to tell you in this interview, as you listen to this, this is something completely different than anything that I've thought was out there on the market. And it certainly made me drool wanting to get my hands on it. So I think you guys are going to absolutely love this interview and the show from somebody who truly loves Linux and the Linux community. All right, let's get to it. This is Eddie from Station X. How you doing, Eddie? Hi, good, Rocco. Doing well. All right, so you are a entrepreneur, you are a businessman, and you love Linux. <laughs> yes, um, um, perhaps not in that order. I think it's a little <laughs> bit um, but yes. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's it's great to be on the podcast. I I, I listen to this every week, and um, most of us back at base really enjoy it as well. So it's it's definitely an honor, and we're excited to be on. Um, but yes, I am a uh, Linux uh, enthusiast, a distro hopper, a card carrying member of. Distro hopping anonymous, I nice. think. Um, and uh, and Station X is is a newer company, so we've uh, kind of come into being in the last six months. Planning for it has been a, a lot longer than that. Um, but about six months ago, we opened our our web doors and began selling custom Linux computers, laptops, and desktops uh, here in the UK. And it's been an interesting six months. The response has been overwhelming, better than than we expected. Um, but it's uh, you know it's been challenging. It's been a, a fun challenge uh, since I'm such a, a Linux enthusiast and um, love all of the the different distros that come out and and zapping my machine pretty much every day and trying them out. <laughs> well, that's Just what's like so interesting, I think, about Station X. First of all, we're super psyched to have you on because when when Rocco shared your site with me, like we were mentioning earlier, I was drooling on how can I get one of these or convince my wife I need another machine. You guys are doing something completely unique here that I haven't seen in other uh, companies who are trying to manufacture their own Linux hardware and specifically the fact that you can choose your own distro. So I, I think that's such a unique thing, but that's got to be such a challenge too from a support standpoint because you can get in here and have Linux Mint, you can have Arch, you can have Ubuntu, you can have Solus, uh, which is very hot right now. So what are some of the challenges that you've run into as you've started this? Because you wouldn't know this is a new business looking at it. I figured you guys were business for years. Your website's beautiful. You guys have amazing machines, which we'll get into. But what are some of the challenges with having some of those distros? Yeah, Choices. well, you you pretty much Ryan kind of nailed it on the head. The, the challenges and and when we started Station X, so so first of all, I'm from the states. I'm born in in Texas. Um, moved here about 17 years ago uh, for work and started up a software company. 
And all of us uh, in the company were on Linux and we did everything on Ubuntu and everything was hosted on Ubuntu servers. And we were Linux enthusiasts, tried out a lot of different distros, a lot of different machines. And in the UK, there wasn't a, a System76. There wasn't a um, kind of custom Linux computer company. Now, a couple have popped up, and, and there's more in Europe, in Germany, and um, some other places throughout Europe. So you can get them here in the UK. But everything that we saw would pretty much come with Ubuntu preloaded, maybe Ubuntu right. Mate, and that's happening a bit more. And, you know, what we really wanted to do was to, to let the distros shine, to kind of put the distros front and center, you know, rather than going down the route of either creating our own OS um, or doing a spin of an Ubuntu um, flavor and, and calling that our own. We wanted to put the distros first, really. And, and as distro fanatics, in a way, <laughs> make sure that our machines were, were really a... Um, uh, a showpiece for some of the distros we love. And so to do that, we first started with a few distros. So when we launched about five months ago, um, we put, I think we had about four or five distros, of course, Ubuntu, and we had our first first Arch distro, which was Manjaro. Um, nice. And it kind of grew from there. And our plan was to release two new distros a week. And we're up to about 26 now, I think, with a number of Arch distros. Um, we've got OpenSUSE and Fedora. We got a lot of flack from people that we didn't have those for the first couple of weeks. <laughs> um, and really, so we're at 26 and our goal is, is just to keep growing. And we want people to be able to buy a Linux machine here in the UK. We ship through nine countries in Europe as well. But when you order your machine, you actually order the distro you want. We take care of configuring it. If you give us any special instructions about file system or partitioning, we'll try to do that as well. Um, and I know that a lot of hardcore Linux users, certainly people like us, can easily throw a distro onto a computer. But what we wanted to do was build machines that were, in a way, friendly to distro hoppers that would work on tons of different distros. And more importantly, that we tested them on tons of different distros. So like I was saying, we, we release a couple a week. And at that pace, we have to test them on all our machines. We have to kind of go through all of the, the setup and figure out which of the, the best um, boot modes to go with, any tweaks we have to do to BIOS, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's a process. And I would say that's our biggest challenge. And in a lot of ways, it's what sets us apart, but it's also mm -hmm. accepted as um, uh, as as our biggest, um, you know, uh, kind of challenge moving forward as well, because we have to keep adding. I think that's what's important. I, I don't think we'll ever be comfortable just with the number we have. So um, we're going to keep adding more and more as we go. And I think that's so unique because it, it would be much easier from a manufacturing standpoint, aka Apple, if you've got one type of hardware, one type of OS, and you're just building for that, right? I mean, that's what yeah. makes Apple's reputation what it is, that things are simpler or whatever that people say sometimes, because they have obviously walled that garden in. Anytime you open yourself up like you guys have, well, that's real difficult. It's real difficult because like we were talking about earlier, I started out, my dad ran a computer business, a small computer business, and we grew it from the house all the way to an office and sales floor and all that fun stuff. Um, but one of the most expensive things in running a business like yours is the support costs. It's when somebody goes in there, once you give them that PC with that distro, and obviously you guys are catering to distro hoppers in a way, you've got a bunch of different options you can choose out there. 
And then they go and maybe do something and they want to blame your computer sometimes, or maybe they're not even blaming anybody, but they break it. And so now you kind of have to do that support. So if you found challenges or a model and how you're supporting the customers with all the distro hopping, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've actually been fortunate in that, um, you know, most of our customers so far have been pretty well um, up to speed, educated, especially when they they request a, a specific distro. So uh, it's interesting. Those who usually choose an Arch distro, I would say, know what they're doing, know what they're getting into uh, in a lot of ways. Um, those that choose, you know, kind of the, the more user-friendly or first user-friendly um, distros, Ubuntu, Solus, we ship a lot of Solus machines now as well. Um, you know, we set it up in a way that it, it is pretty much ready to go, and we are there to answer questions, and, and we try to give, um, you know, I would almost say one of the best parts of our job is getting on email and just chatting about how people are getting on, talking to them about the distros, suggesting nice. Um, I think where people really get more support heavy and need more uh, kind of questions answered is when they start to move distros themselves. And I guess mm -hmm. we'll kind of get on to this when we talk about the machines. But again, one of our, our biggest challenges, I, I probably would have mentioned earlier as well, is those dedicated NVIDIA graphics that we have on, on many of our machines. <laughs> so we set it up, we get it working. Um, it, so if you choose Ubuntu Mate and you get one of our laptops with a GTX 1070, we'll get it working. We will make sure you've got um, switchable graphics for integrated and dedicated. As it's a laptop, you want to make sure to keep the battery power, you know, um, watch after that, keep the fan levels low, that kind of thing. So we want to make sure that they can shift and they can move around between graphics processors. Uh, but when you start distro hopping and when they zap that that hard drive that we've configured and they move to something else, that's when the questions come in. Interesting. And we've started to host a number of our drivers that make some of that fancy graphic switching work and keyboard lighting work and some of the other hardware elements work right. We started hosting that and we're starting to build more of a self-service support portal that'll help people out a lot more. Um, but really so far we haven't had too much trouble. We haven't been over or over flooded with requests um, for support after <clears throat> people have received our machines aside from when they start switching distros a bit. Gotcha. But, uh, but again, it's, but that, that's kind of the fun part of what we do. Um, and we often will, you know, with most of, I would say the last um, handful of sales that we've had, we're talking to the people well before they've actually purchased. So people, uh, this is, you know, very much a Linux community thing as well. So people love to, to chat about what they're about. To <laughs> and, yep. you know, they'll say, I'm looking at the Spitfire, the Hurricane or um, the Blenheim and I do this, this and this. Um, I, I need it as a workstation. I'll be plugged into a desk most of the time or listen, I'm hopping between meetings, jumping on trains. And we not only, it's great in that capacity because we can say, okay, you need a Spitfire or you need a Lancaster, which is one of our bigger machines. Um, but we can say, actually, okay, are you used to Ubuntu? Have you, you know, you've asked for uh, Manjaro or Arch Labs or, or something that's a bit more niche have you used it before? We kind of feel them out a bit. So in a way, it's it's almost like a consultation before the purchase happens. We don't do that with everyone. Obviously, we're just getting orders in and, and can't talk to everyone first. But um, when we do, I think that helps head off some of the trouble as well. Definitely. So you, you started this business. Um, well, let me ask you, what made you like 
go from where you were. You were what did you do before this? So um, before Station X came into being, um, I uh, still run a software company. Um, 13 of us in the UK and, and we're focused on mobile and media software. And again, we, we've done that on Ubuntu and, and Linux for years. Uh, and about a year ago, you know, w- we were scratching our heads trying to find new machines and decide what was best for us. Um, we tried to get things like System76 shipped over terrible shipping costs and import duties and customs costs. And we decided, you know, actually, we know the distros, we know the machines, let's build some. So we built some machines for ourselves. And that kind of ballooned into, you know, this could be interesting for other people as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the, we know that the Linux community is, is, is growing. And if we can just get some really good machines in people's hands that are pre-configured with a number of different distros. So people have heard of Ubuntu Obviously, Ubuntu is a great place to start, but there's so many exciting distros. I mean, you guys know that better than anybody that, you know, if I could show someone KDE um, or like KDE Neon to see the latest versions of of that desktop, or if I can show them some of the cool plugins for GNOME and try out, um, you know, everything from OpenSUSE to uh, Fedora, anything that really helps them showcase some of the differences we'll move them over from windows and mac much quicker i think rather than just that one option so we really kind of came up with a thought let's try it out let's use it as a, a trial balloon with some software clients they liked it they liked the machines uh and then we set up the site and, and started rolling from there so it's um it's been a, a fairly quick startup well you mentioned before one of the uh pros to your pros to station X. And one of the things that sets you apart from your competitors, or I won't say competitors, your uh, other companies in the market. So I, I personally think that it's the personal touch that separates Mm -hmm. people or companies from other ones. And it seems to me that that's what station X brings is that personal touch, the, the love for Linux to an actual company. And that's what makes people want to buy that kind of a computer from a company that actually cares about what they're doing. I mean, you can kind of tell when you look at the website, to your point, Rocco, it's like it it's written by people like us, the way the website's laid out, the way it caters to geeks. And I, I really applaud you for that. And, I, and you know, in my story with Linux is an interesting one because you talk about the community. And when I got into Linux, I never planned to stay with Linux. I was just doing a YouTube series. And then the community enveloped me in love and communication, like you said. And it was like, now my channel's like 90% Linux before it was everything else. So it's it's so interesting, the Linux community. And they do want to talk about it because they're passionate about it. They're passionate about the product and they're passionate about the fact that, yes, most people were born into a Windows world and schools and everything else. Everybody was that's kind of shoved down your throat and at work. But now the big thing's Linux. And now it's the most exciting time, I think, ever to be doing something like you're doing within Linux. I tell people it's the best time in Linux to be in gaming. It's the best time to, to learn Linux at this point. Linux is taking off. And sometimes the numbers don't support that because there's no real way to track how many real Linux users are out there um, because of all the distro moves and changes and downloads and things like that. But it is very exciting time to be in. And I want to go through your lineup, but I'm going to tell the community, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, 
get some tissues nearby because you're going to drool on some of this stuff. I'm telling you. <laughs> Where do we want to start? Because I'm excited. I use Mac. I use Linux Solus right now on a MacBook Pro. I love okay. the design, and I know not everybody agrees with me, but I love that thin profile, the unibody metal. Yeah. of a macbook pro of course i don't want the os on it so i put linux on there yeah. but you've got something that you call the macbook pro killer killer yes i so <laughs> i've always been a mac guy and and i love the hardware you, you can't get away from the fact it's it's well done the tolerances are, are tight you know it's, mm-hmm. it's well put together always functions well and really the the cold aluminum or aluminium as we say out here uh you can't get away from it. it's lovely you love to have that and right. you know, most of the Linux um, laptops that have, have been out there the last several years are usually nondescript uh, kind of black boxes, plastic boxes. And, Very true. You know, what we wanted to launch with, and, and the Spitfire was one of our launch laptops, is a laptop that you know we're, we're not trying to mimic a MacBook, but we want to give people an aluminum, extremely well-built, um, you know, lovely laptop, super light, easy to carry with you. Um, you know, something that, that they're proud to open up in a coffee shop to sit next to somebody with a Mac and, and a Surface and that kind of thing. Um, it doesn't necessarily scream developer laptop, but it's it's slick and it's easy to use. And it's and I'll tell you, it runs the Spitfire. I, we have not found a distro it will not run. It is our <laughs> workhorse. So the thing eats through distros like nobody's business. So um, so, no, we absolutely love that machine. It's it's easily our flagship. It's our, our best seller. Um, that said, when, when we talk about some of the other um, uh, more muscly laptops, we've got quite a few good sellers there as well. But no, the, the Spitfire is always meant to be a um, you know an enthusiast laptop. What we always wanted as Linux fans is to have some alternative to MacBooks. I love that you went after this market. And interestingly enough, we had some stories on a prior Destination Linux podcast that we're talking about. It appears from the data that a lot of the people who are moving to Linux are coming from Macs and not necessarily Windows PCs. So what a great idea to go after that market because they're looking for something new. Obviously, unlike a MacBook Pro, you don't have to carry along a pocket full of dongles with the Spitfire either. (laughs) That's something we love. And that's a really good, uh, good point. It's good that you saw that in the, um, the pictures of, of the sides of the machine. So we've got USB-C and, um, uh, 3.0 ports and, and mini display port. And, um, what I love, absolutely love is the ethernet connection and the profile very thin because the, the ethernet connector actually, uh, spring is spring loaded. So it opens up and, um, allows ethernet cable to come in. And what's interesting is I always thought, um, you know, actually that's a bit legacy, not sure people would want that. People love that. They absolutely love being able to, you know, if they're jumping between desks, just put in the cable or if you're distro hopping and, and making changes, having that Ethernet cable is huge. And that's something you always forget to carry with you as a dongle with, with a MacBook or, or other laptop. So um, people have loved that. And all of our laptops come with a, an Ethernet um, connector, an Ethernet jack. So. I think that's huge for distro hopping because that's the number one thing you'll see on support sites is I can't get Wi-Fi to work. I can't get yeah, Wi-Fi yep. to work because generally there's something you've got to install sometimes based on like if you have a Broadcom or something like that. So this obviously will allow you to get around that. The other thing I really appreciated that you guys did was number one, an M2 SSD in there. So and then having a 1920 by 1080 resolution. The biggest problem I have with laptops generally is 
the junk resolution. And that includes a lot of Linux based hardware out there. They put junk resolution in there. And to me, that's one of the most important pieces that people forget, but you put a full HD uh, screen in there as well. So you kind of get that full in a backlit keyboard. Thank yeah. you for that. I was um, just going to say that. Yep. Cause half yeah. of the time my laptop's sitting on my bed, you know, next to me on my bed, I've got a little laptop holder and not having a backlit keyboard's a, a big deal. Um, DDR4 memory support, obviously, in there and the, the aluminum case, of course. So it, it's really a beautiful laptop. But you've got some ones that are even more beastly. Which one made you drool the most, Rocco? Well, look, well, I'm going to say I'm going to say it right out. I mean, <laughs> the B29 Super Fortress. Was oh, awesome. I knew it. I knew it. That is, that, that is a lot of people's favorite. Oh, my gosh. Desktop. It is. Um, it's a beast. That is a 34 inch curved uh, screen. Um <laughs> absolute beast i love it i've got it on well obviously i I'd, I'd have to to try it out so i've got it on my desk work uh and it's fantastic it's got dedicated graphics and you know one of the things we always thought is we're not going to sell a lot of desktops we're going to sell one or two that we really like and we're going to focus on laptops and we saw the chassis for for the um super fortress and and we thought oh god it's a oh my god. big one to start with guys it looks beautiful <laughs> are, are you showing it right now i'm Rocco? showing it right now you need to put up a drool warning this thing <laughs> is unlike anything you have seen you know it is the 3440 by 14 pixel screen resolution so as many pixels as that is it runs you don't have to do screen scaling with, with distros that's what was amazing when, when we first started putting it together so you can actually run anything at one-to-one -one screen scaling so because it's such a big screen obviously it's it's super high res but it's so big and so wide that uh, it runs everything perfectly uh to your point earlier ryan about um screen resolutions and why we went for full HD for all of our machines. We actually have a few 3K options coming up for, for laptops, but we kind of held off on that. Um, you know, as you guys know, it, it's great to have a 3K or 4K screen, um, but there's so few distros that really make it easy to scale and get things set up. And if you're really serious about distro hopping and moving around a lot, um, it's almost an impediment, really. And we found that sweet spot was really 1080p, beautiful screen, no scaling required. Um, and that's all the way through to the, the B29 with that big screen as well. Well, you got you can put just about anything in this machine. Um, you got the M M two slots. Um, you have the screen itself is absolutely awesome, man. And, and then you have everything else that you would need in it. Wireless. You have the uh, Gigabyte LAN, uh, the two in one card reader, five USB three point ports, an HDMI out port. Um, <laughs> the 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 uh, Ethernet uh, jack for it. So it has pretty much everything you need. It has a 450 watt power supply inside of it, um, and you can. It comes with a what a 1060, I guess. Comes with 1060 as a base, but you can put a 1070 or a 1080 in it as well with eight gigs of, of VRAM. So Absolutely it's awesome. Uh, it should chew through so any game. And I can preload my own distro. <laughs> <laughs> and you notice something about the naming conventions here, Rocco. Look, um, all of the names of your computers are from World War II airplanes. Yes. So what is the backstory behind that? Right. Okay. Well, uh, so our headquarters, our company is based in an area called Bletchley Park in the UK, which is about an hour and a half north of London. 
And Bletchley Park was the base in the Second World War of the uh, British um, code-breaking facility. So Alan Turing and uh, the code-breakers were all based in Bletchley Park, and they broke the Enigma codes of the, the German submarines and, and uh, high command. So it's a museum today, and part of Bletchley Park um, is actually uh, the old huts that the codebreakers used back in the 1940s have been turned into offices, and we've got a section of a block there. And we name all, everything around the Second World War and are really proud to, to be in that area as well. It's, it's a great place to work. Awesome. Very nice. All right, so what is your favorite out of your line? Well, so we've got so probably my favorite right now. So the Spitfire is always my favorite because it, it's I can carry it everywhere. It's always with me. Um, but we just released last week a new. Uh, so we actually had a a, a contest um, on Twitter where we asked people to pick the name of our new laptop, a 14 inch with dedicated graphics. And of course, it has to be a World War II aircraft. So we <laughs> gave them three choices. Uh, Let's see if I can remember the Mustang, which is based on the nice. 51 Mustang. Um, the Hellcat, which is a was a Pacific carrier plane um, in the Second World War, and Wildcat, which was the predecessor of the, the Hellcat. And it was great. So for, for two weeks, we were getting um, tons of, of votes and that kind of thing. And then we came down to Twitter for the last three days, and it ended up being the Hellcat. So they loved that name. Uh, so the Hellcat is a 14-inch um, 1080p laptop, matte screen. Everything we do is matte screen, incidentally. We can't stand shiny screens. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's super portable. So it's it, in a way, it's between the Spitfire as far as its position in our lineup uh, weight-wise. Spitfires are our lightest at about um, 2.7 pounds. And then at just about 4 pounds is the Hellcat. And above that is Lancaster and Hurricane. And those are about four, five, six pound laptops because those have dedicated graphics. They have quad core processors. But the Hellcat's exciting because it's 14 inch with quad core processors. So it comes with a, an i7 quad core um, as default. So, so we ramp it up to the top there. Um, holds up to 32 gigs of RAM. In fact, all of our laptops hold up to 32 gigs of RAM, with wow. the exception of the Lancaster that goes up to 64, and the B29 goes up to 64 as well. <laughs> um, but the Hellcat's great because it's 14 inches, super portable, just about four pounds, and it's got a dedicated graphics. It's got um, GTX 1050 Ti in it, um, and it's just a great little machine, and it's got um, – it's also metal on the outside, on, on the lid, and it's almost a space gray, if I can use an Apple term there. Uh, mm -hmm. so it's, it's another really nice, sleek-looking laptop that we're starting to get some orders in from people that were holding back. They liked the Spitfire. They wanted a little bit more muscle. They needed dedicated graphics. They didn't want to get something as big as a Lancaster Hurricane that was five or six pounds. That's a little bit much to carry around every day. And so when we launched the Hellcat, a lot of people – felt that was the sweet spot for them and, and lets them do a little bit of everything. Nice. I love that on these laptops like the Hellcat, you could do anything with this. You could do some video editing, processing, rendering, uh, especially with that dedicated graphics card there and the specs that you have. Certainly, you could do some gaming on this. I mean, it's really – I like that you guys are catering to kind of the full 
use market instead of it just being a laptop that you can browse the web with. This is one of the things I've talked about in the Linux community that I, I tried to do a lot different on my personal channel, which is I took the most powerful machine I could afford and put Linux on it. A lot of people talk about, well, I got, I resurrected this old Dell or I brought to life this computer I got at Goodwill. And that's great. Linux is amazing that it can do that, but it also can run on the best in the latest hardware and do it so well. Yeah. And that's what I like seeing here is you've got, you're talking the latest uh, hardware that you guys are putting in these machines so that you can do the latest tasks, the powerful tasks from rendering videos to gaming to whatever it is that you're passionate about. And I think that's so important for Linux to grow is for people to realize it's not just about what you can do with the slow computer or a yeah. low end computer. It's what you can do with these high end machines. And obviously in a server market, Linux owns, and there's a reason for that uh, in personal computing, it's starting to own. Um, but that leads me to a question as we see some growth and some things that hold Linux back. What do you think are some areas that Linux as a whole needs to focus on for it to gain its popularity? Uh, to, to get even more popular? Well, I think it's starting, you know, a few of the things I would have said is, and, and everybody says, is is some kind of universal package standard. And, and that's starting to get better. Um, obviously, snaps are helping. Flatpak is helping. Um, uh, you know, I think a lot of it is is we need evangelists. We need people out there, you know, like you guys, like um, a lot of our customers who are so passionate about Linux. It's mm -hmm. you know, we, we rarely have the customer that's just kind of ho-hum about it or kind of kicking the tires. I mean, they are into it. And those are the guys, you know, w we need to to get more vocal rather than kind of quietly sitting in the corner with, with our distros. You know, we've got to show it to more people. And as you said, Ryan, the way – Things are looking this year with some of these distros and, and some of the, the enhancements to the desktop environments. These things are much better, much more slick, more fun to use, more exciting on a day-to-day -day basis. If you have to stare at a computer all day, you'd much rather configure it to your liking and use some of these new desktops, you know, what KDE is doing and Ike is doing with Budgie and, um, you know, what um, what GNOME is doing and, and how exciting that project is getting. It, all we have to do is show more people, I think. And, you know, that also is is a lot of the reason we wanted Station X to kind of give them give people machines, give them a lot of different distros and let them try it out. Um, but, you know, rather than kind of say the software is holding us back or the hardware, I just think that, you know, Linux people by habit are a little bit quiet. And I think we need to become all of us a bit more um, evangelical about how much we love it. Yep, absolutely. Um I think that it comes over time. It's it's just like the gaming aspect of it, where it's not going to all happen at once. It's just little little pieces here and there that add up every day. You know, uh, Vulcan is assisting in that area of bringing more games to Linux. It's just a, a building process, and the more we go along, the more we see companies like Station X who bring the excitement to Linux rather than just oh yeah ho hum it's Linux. You know, they bring excitement to it you will get more people with it. And we just got to continue on talking about Definitely. it. That's all. Exactly. And what's interesting is, is while, you know, we were saying the Linux community is, is always so supportive. Um, you know, there is the flip side as well. Um, you know, when we first launched, there were quite a few Reddit posts and I've had to train myself to stay out of Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't we all? 
if your stuff is in there, you you just should not read it. Um, so right after we launched, a couple of links to our site was posted in uh, the Linux Reddit and um, I think Linux Hardware subreddit and those kind of those kind of things. And there were some great comments. People were excited. That's great. Good on them. You know, we need more hardware vendors. This is the problem. It's you know, people only get the choice of a Windows or a Mac laptop when they're in the market. So that's great. The more that is out there is great. And then, of course, there's the people saying, you know, do we need another Linux uh, hardware developer or why yes. this or and, um, you know, that was certainly the first couple of weeks was kind of knocked the wind out of our, our sales a bit. We're like, oh, gosh, you know, maybe people don't want this. And and actually, we've seen, you know, a lot of people are. You know, can be a bit judgmental, and you just need to spend the time, show them that that you honestly are not doing it for a quick buck. You're into this, you're passionate about it. Yep. You just want to put Linux machines. Well, in. I think like any big club, you're going to have those people, and I don't know if it's they don't want new people in their club or what. But I know with my channel, it was the same way when I wasn't, and I still learn so much about Linux every day. But when I was first starting out, and I made no, you know. Um, suggestion that I wasn't just starting out. The whole thing was 30 days of Linux challenge. Uh, there were, and Rocco's made this point, there were a lot of people on there who were giving me lots of love, which ultimately overwhelmed, but there was a lot of hate too. And, you know, name calling and everything else. And it's it just gets to a point where you have to decide, am I going to let that stuff affect me or am I going to move on? And they're damaging to the community of Linux overall because when people come onto my channel, my first thing I want to do is just delete it because I didn't want people to think that's the Linux community. There are these mean people who are, oh, you didn't say this word right, therefore you're a moron. I wanted them to see yeah. that 90% of the Linux community is actually this incredibly helpful, What you know, they find solutions for everything. That's what's amazing for Linux. You want to do something, search on Google, somebody in Linux has done it or, or tried to make it work. But there is a lot of that kind of old school, this is our private club, we don't want you to join mentality that can exist there. And um, I'm so glad you guys stuck through because I think more hardware companies like this need to come out. I mean, if your only options are, and, and Dell has some good things in lineup, but cheap Dells and things like that and the lower ends, and um, then people are going to think Linux is cheap and it's for cheap hardware. And it, yeah. when you start building things like this, where it's for professionals, as well as high-end gamers and things like that that you can play with, it puts a whole new spin, in my opinion, on what Linux is, what's possible with Linux. Yeah, and that was something that that always had um, kind of annoyed me as well, is that, as you were saying, Ryan, that, that a lot of people would say, even you know when they're doing kind of distro reviews or, or you're talking about distros, runs great on slower hardware. This is ideal for the, the you know, an older... Uh, laptop that you want to breathe new life into. And I was always the person that would want the latest, um, you know, Intel processors and, the, and 32 gigs of RAM. And I want to just push it and see what it can do. Exactly. And, and you're right. Um, you know, hopefully, and, and we welcome, you know, we're not, um, you know, competitive in that way and don't want other sellers, you know, to us, there needs to be a lot more Linux laptop sellers out there. And, and um, you know, what we want to do is, is, hopefully help them give them advice and, and get more companies doing it as well all right so we have we've talked about the spitfire and a few others so you have one called the lancaster what yeah. is what is what does this offer 
So the Lancaster is probably our is, is our second best seller behind the Spitfire. And it is um, in a lot of ways, it's our top of the line laptop. It is um, it's got a, a black anodized aluminum uh, chassis, which is great. It's so pretty. <laughs> it's nice and cold when you touch it. So proper, yeah. proper metal. Um, it's got multiple uh, backlit keyboards. So you can see lots of different colors, uh, which is great for gaming. And if you just want to show nice. off. Uh, but it's got muscle as well. So it comes with a 1060 or 1070 GTX 1060 or 1070, um, up to 64 gigs of Ram. We only offer 32 on the site, but we've had requests to bump it up to 64. So we do that as well. Um, so it's, it can really, um, eat through just about anything you need and can run a lot of virtual machines. So we've got people who are buying that running tons of virtual machines, need a lot of Ram quad core processor, um, and it's, you know, it, it's big, but it's amazingly portable as well. So it, it's, if you're very serious about your games or video editing or doing some heavy computing, uh, and it's really going to be your main machine, but you still want to move it around a bit, the Lancaster is really what we push people towards. Now, tell me about the keyboards on your laptops. One of the things from some other, and I'm not going to name them, uh, manufacturers of Linux hardware that I've played with, the keyboards felt like, have you ever pressed on those laptop keyboards where they push in when you're pressing the keys? Like they just, the plastic is so thin that you're kind of pushing the key and the whole chassis at the same time down. What have you guys done with the keyboard? So we're um, in the office. So when we're at a desktop, we're all mechanical keyboard dorks. So nice. We've, we've all got our preference um, for our different key switches. And so we love keyboards. That's really important to us. Um, with a low profile laptop, you, you don't have a lot of options. There's not a lot of, of key travel you can work with. So the Spitfire's got smaller key travel than some of our other uh, laptops, but a really clicky, springy key feel we really like. Um, and the Lancaster is, is probably the closest we feel to a mechanical keyboard. So it's got an absolutely fantastic touch, great throw, um, great response, really clicky keys as well, almost like um, uh, MX Blues if you ever use those nice. keys. Not not to that extent because you can't. You can only do so much with a laptop keyboard. Sure, yeah. but we absolutely love um, that keyboard, and, and you know the typing experience is really important, and, and all of us. Our, our keyboard fanatics. That's something we want to keep putting into the future. Life. That's great to hear because that's another area where just a lot of laptops fail. Uh, besides the display, my second biggest complaint probably is mouse pad uh, real estate and the clickiness of the keyboard. Now, we didn't talk about mouse pad real estate. You can see it in the pictures. It looks like you've got plenty of real estate there that you could use. Now, a lot of times I'll get an external mouse anyways, but that you've got plenty of real estate here to be able to uh, use your mouse effectively on the keyboard too. Yeah, absolutely. And and the newer ones, the Hellcat and, and, and the bigger ones like the Lancaster have lots of space to play with as well. Nice. Beautiful. All right. So we have the Blenheim. Uh, yes, the Blenheim. So, the, Blen the Blenheim, is that how you say it? See, you named it something I couldn't pronounce. <laughs> I know. Blenheim is named after uh, the, a bomber, an English bomber in the Second World War. Um, heavy bomber. And there's also a palace, uh, which was Churchill's um, estate called Blenheim, pa I think it's called Blenheim Palace in Woodstock in, in England. Um, so that's where the name comes from. It was kind of, I think it's one of the most well-used heavy bombers in the Second World War for the RAF. Um, and it's a lovely machine. It is, um, 
it's really our, our workhorse in a lot of ways. So it's, it's, it's a great enterprise machine. It comes at a price that if you're going to do some gaming and you don't want, you don't need to go crazy with a 1060 or 1070, you'll be set up there with the, the 1050 TI, um, again, up to 32 gigs of Ram and quad core processors. So it's just another variation and it's actually a pretty unique chassis. So we kind of call it our ugly duckling model. So it's it's just so weird and almost alien. <laughs> I was going to say alien looking. <laughs> it's yeah, awesome looking. Exactly. If you want to um if you want to look a little bit different, then then the Blenheim is for you. So we we feel people out with that, you know, make sure that they're not self-conscious taking it in public and that kind of thing. Yeah, but I think that's that is is a draw to buying it is to have something a laptop that looks different than in everything else. You know, everybody's yeah. carrying around laptops, but when you walk into a room with this, people are going to notice. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. And I noticed is that extra or is that real estate in the front of the Blenheim? Is that for the speakers? Because it looks like it's got a subwoofer as well as the two two watt stereo speakers in there. It does, and speakers are, um, so we've got Onkyo speakers on quite a few of our laptops. So the Blim's got really nice speakers, um, front firing speakers, uh, but the Lancaster and the Hellcat as well have really good um, upward facing and, and firing into your face effectively as you're working speakers as well. And that's something that we were always annoyed by with a lot of Linux laptops is really how poor the speaker experience is. Yes. Um, and I know most people wear headsets and certainly if you're gaming, you're wearing a gaming headset and that kind of thing. But oftentimes you're just on the sofa watching YouTube and you would like some good speakers. So, so that's something that, that we work hard on as well. All right. So the last one on the list here is the hurricane. Yes. So the hurricane, you know, as much as I was saying the Blenheim is an all rounder, the hurricane gets the most interest from enterprises for us. So it's at a price point that, that is, is, is probably our lowest, um, entry for having dedicated graphics. So it's, it's just above the Spitfire in cost. It gets you into some dedicated graphics. You know, you get, you get, um, the Geoforce 1050 Ti, you can get an M2 slot and the hard drive as well. So all of our laptops will give you two different hard drive options. And a lot of people use the second hard drive for data. But what we're finding, which is interesting, is a lot of people are actually spinning up different distros on, on the different uh, hard drives. <laughs> SSD and then something else on the hard drive. And we're going to start offering SSDs for the second um, hard drive option as well. So we get that request a lot. But the Hurricane's a good all-purpose. It's an all-rounder, I think, is, is what we put on the website. Um, but it's, uh, it can take care of, of a lot of tasks as well. So it's, um, it's just a really good, in a lot of ways, a really good enterprise machine. Very nice. Okay. So you have your laptop line. Let's talk more about the B29, please. No. You just can't help yourself. Are there any plans for uh, in having more desktop, growing the line of desktops, or is the B29? There it is. Yeah, well. I mean, the, I hate to put you on the spot. Or no, 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 no. The, the response to the B29 has been more than we expected. We actually thought it would be kind of a token desktop. And, and for us, you know, that, that we can start to dip our toe in the water and feel out the desktop market. And the response has been great. The the main response is it may be a little bit too much than people need. And, and it's not cheap. They, there's a lot to it. Um, and, I, and I think that in the next month or two, we're going to be introducing a couple of desktop all-in-ones that will be – 
a lot more um uh, i wouldn't say basic but more economical so so they may so i think they will all have dedicated graphics they probably will not surpass say 27 inch and there'll be one smaller than that um but we want to give people options because the response the number one response to the the b29 is i love it i can't afford it <laughs> right something that people can afford as well with, with the same type of polish and feel. So, so yeah, um, watch this space. We hope to have some more soon. All right. So have you ever considered uh, as other companies have gone down that road, creating your own distro for your machines? Yes. Yes. And that's, that's a good question because that kind of led us on to what we wanted to do and what our kind of mission statement was. So we thought about it because I think everyone um, kind of dreams about creating your own distro <laughs> or what you do differently or which software you pre-install. And, and we very much thought that way and, and thought about doing our own distro. But actually, we thought it'd be more important to have our machines just really be a showcase for all of the great distros that are out there. We didn't want to compete with anybody. Um, you know, we wanted to, in some ways, create great hardware and then kind of get out of the way and let the distros shine. And for me, one of the most um, kind of gratifying aspects of, of starting the company and, um, and, and really getting uh, involved with the community and the distro owners is the connections, the one-to-one -one connections that, that I've been able to have with, with the distro um, project leaders and, and project owners. Um, you know, in a way, I've been awfully starstruck about it, being able to, to speak to people like Ike at Solus and, um, you know, he'll get in touch and, and find out ways that Solus can be preloaded and ways he can help. Um, you know, we, we talked to the project leader at Debian, um, Often we talk to the Manjaro team a lot, um, people from, you know, smaller distros like Arch Labs, uh, Revenge OS, which we love as well. So, so Jody is, uh, gets in touch a lot and he's created a, a special installer for us that'll help us install Revenge OS, um, which is a quite popular distro for us, actually. Um, Jody's so a great guy. <laughs> He is. He is. And and all it took, um, you know, he, he sent me a mail. We connected on Telegram. He said, you know, what can I do to, to help out getting Revenge OS on the machines? And about a week later, he said, here's an ISO for you. What do you think? Um, so it was, those wow. kind of interactions are um, really exciting to me. I, I kind of feel like I, I want to go out and get autographs at the same time. <laughs> It is so uniquely Linux that everybody's so willing to help and support people from the vast majority from the ground up. It's such a unique Linux story that you're not going to get anywhere else. Nope. Yeah. I mean, even just, you know, doing YouTube videos and doing the podcast, I've gotten to meet so many people that are just awesome people that you would have never got to meet if it wasn't for Linux. And that's what's great about it. It's the community. It's the people. It's the conversation. Just like we're having here, having a, a, a conversation about something we love. That's always been the core of everything that we've done at Destination Linux. So, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to ask the real question here that I know a lot of people are going to want to know because I feel like a magical carrot was dangled in front of my face that I have no ability to grasp. When will you be selling in the United States? <laughs> right. Uh, so we get that. We get mails every day about uh, the U.S. And, and Canada. So so a lot of Canadians want the machines as well. So so um, so we've had to really accelerate that plan. There's certain things we have to get in place to be able to do it. And um, 
you know, it's, it's beyond just the shipping costs. Um, but it's something we really want to do. We always have wanted to do it. And our target is by the end of the year to be able to ship in the U.S. and Canada. Um, so we hope to stick to that. And if we can accelerate it, we will. But that's definitely the plan. Guess and what I'm going to be telling Santa I want for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said earlier, you know, if you guys, uh, once we start shipping there, if, if, you know, you need to do a, a machine review on Destination Linux, just uh, just let us know. The problem <laughs> is Rocco and I have always gotten along ridiculously well. But uh, for those who didn't see the pre-show, won't see the pre-show, we were fighting over who gets that demo. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> like our friendship went out the window. I'm pulling rank here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can have your pick, but the B29, we might need a. Uh, no, you would need a. Yeah, you would need, a, yeah, you would need a, a big credit card to ship that one. Holy man. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, what's in the future for Station X? You got anything? So, so yes, we do. Um, so we've kind of mentioned uh, desktops. We're going to expand a bit more there. Um, laptop, our laptop line is is increasing. Um, we've got a couple of new laptops coming out before the end of the year. Um, but what we're most excited about is a model that that you know we kind of had dreamed of when we first started the business was to create a relationship uh, with a distro and create something really special. So I think Ryan, you touched on it earlier that, you know, Apple has always had the monopoly of the hardware and software combination. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and everyone always looks back at that and says, you know, that's why the machines run so well. And, you know, everything is so tightly integrated because they have control of everything. And that's something that's always been missing in Linux. You've had the hardware and oftentimes hardware that was never meant to run Linux. You've got a lot of different distros. And what we wanted to do is, is really try something different with one of our favorite distros and build a machine, a special edition machine that was born and built specifically for that distro. And so I started conversations with a, a couple of folks and, um, and we're now uh, excited to announce, and actually we're going to use Destination Linux as our uh as our springboard to announcing this, if that's all right with you guys. Uh, no, so, no, no, definitely not. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so coming in October, end of October, we're going to have the Manjaro edition of the Spitfire. And oh what's exciting about that is it's not just a preload. So obviously we already preload Manjaro in all its flavors and, you know, 23 other distros onto the Spitfire and more coming soon and that kind of thing. It's not just a preload. Um, we are working specifically with the Manjaro team, the project leaders uh, at Manjaro, to build something really special for the Spitfire. So they've got a couple of our machines. Um, it, it was an interesting relationship. Uh, we just started talking on email and then I went out to Austria and met with them. And it's really blossomed from there. We both got really excited about the possibility of something that can showcase the Manjaro distro and, and really show it in all its glory. So they've got some Spitfires there with them. 
they are tweaking things um, all the way down to the kernel level wow. to do very specific things like performance, battery performance. Um, we've got, you know, what you would expect, custom theming and a custom look to, to how everything looks. Um, but when it comes to performance and tuning the machine from Manjaro, it's going to be second to none. So they put about two months of work in it already, and we've got special ISOs that we're creating. Um, there are special um, repos that are maintained within Manjaro as well. So whenever Manjaro is updated, our repos will be updated as well. And it will be a very custom machine all the way down to the branding and the look. So we've got a, a co-logo as well that'll be um, laser etched on the, the Spitfire. Oh, oh that's so neat. Yeah, we really want it to to not only be kind of a gift to the Manjaro community, but people who know the distro, like the distro, ha will have never experienced it like it's going to be on the Spitfire because the Manjaro team is actually building it. And, um, you know, we're beyond excited i manjaro was always one of my first love distros especially when it came to arch you know manjaro's mm -hmm. into arch and i had always loved it and and getting this relationship in place is really exciting for me and um the manjaro team is is equally as excited and, and we've got a, a whatsapp channel and we're chatting you know five ten times a day on little tweaks or what do you think of this and what do you think of that so it's going to be something really special um should be out towards the end of october and um, we're teasing it a bit on Twitter with um, <laughs> different videos and different images. And so now that the uh, cat is out of the bag, we'll start teasing it even more with photos and that kind of thing. Nice. It's so awesome that you give us the the uh, springboard for that message. And on my channel, the Das Geek channel, that was my pick for my favorite distribution was Manjaro mm -hmm. overall distributions. I love Manjaro. I think it's amazing. It's just absolutely the, the I talk about user experience a lot with distributions and desktop environments and the full experience that you get from beginning to end is the user experience more than the technology behind the scenes. And I think Manjaro does a beautiful job, such as other distributions as well. But Manjaro is just that one that I have this love for. And the fact that you're dangling that carrot in front of me <laughs> is even worse. Yeah. I mean, it's like you've taken all my loves and you've put them in this thing. Oh. That is beautiful. And I love you're using the Spitfire as your base because that's the one uh, that I keep having to wipe the corner of my mouth with. And um, oh, man. Wow. That's awesome. So I don't know if you know all of the details yet or want to release all of the details yet, I should say. Uh, are you going to have choice uh, of the desktop environment or is it just going to be the flagship XFCE? Yeah, so exactly that. So the first version is the flagship XFCE. So we felt that um, certainly speed and, um, you know, customization wise, you know, they, they really work on XFCE a lot. That That is their flagship. So the first version will have that. We're already talking about KDE and GNOME. Yeah, um, nice. Those will come along as well. Um, I'm a big KDE fan, so that's got to come along. And in fact, when when I met with them, I had Manjaro uh, KDE running, um, which is probably one of my favorite distros. So that's got to come soon. Um, and it starts on the Spitfire, and we're talking about other machines as well. So we're going to see how we do on the Spitfire and, and take it from there. And these guys are, are so excited and really talented as well that they're looking at, at helping tackle issues that we're having on some of the bigger machines. So things like um, switching between integrated and dedicated graphics on Arch is an absolute nightmare. So it works, mm -hmm. you know, you can do that much easier on an Ubuntu-based distro um, 
it, you know, you've got much easier dashboard uh, to switch between Intel graphics and NVIDIA graphics and that kind of thing. Arch, you've got to do a lot of manual work. You've got to power down the GPU and things like that. Um, but these guys are working on on some solutions to that. So so it could be really exciting for, for a lot of our laptops. But yes, we'll start with Spitfire and, and see where we go from there. That's Very awesome. Cool. All right. So uh, I don't want to, I, I know that uh, you're, in business, so you, you may not want to answer this question or not, but <laughs> favorite <laughs> desktop environment? Oh, well, that's interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't want you to alienate anybody, but favorite desktop no, environment? No, 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 no. I don't mind. I gotta, you know, everyone's got opinions. That's why we've got so many different distros to choose from. So I started out KDE for sure was always my favorite. So Minjaro KDE was a kind of always my default. Um, I like a lot of bells and whistles and bling with my desktops. So KDE and GNOME, have, I've always liked. That said, I went through a phase um, the last six months of going for minimal desktops. So I've been spending time with OpenBox. Uh, i3, I've actually really? taught all of the little i3 shortcuts. So I quite like that. Um, I like to show it off, I think, to show people that I know how to do it. A little bit. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what, about two or three weeks ago, so, you know, we're trying out new distros all the time. So I'm throwing new distros on my laptop all the time. And I threw um, a distro I never thought I would try, uh, Farron OS, if you guys know that yep. distro. Mm -hmm. And that's a spin of Linux Mint. And I've always been a bit sniffy about Linux Mint. It's not for me and that kind of thing. Um, so I never spent any time with it, never spent any time with the Cinnamon desktop. And what was interesting about the Farron OS is it showed me what Cinnamon can actually do. I always thought it was a bit, um, you know, a bit older and tired or a bit more um, traditional, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, but I started playing with Cinnamon and have now put Cinnamon on a couple of my Arch machines. And you can do some great stuff with that desktop you can really customize it everything from some nice little animations to um it makes it very easy to customize launchers and shortcuts are always work and and uh, yeah i really like cinnamon at the moment i never thought i would nice my distro of choice or my de of choice at the moment well it's not my uh distro or de of choice right now but i also enjoy using cinnamon it, it like you said it's so easy to customize and it's not really like it's not out there where everybody says oh yeah i love cinnamon but once you start using it you see what you actually can do and it, it's the settings are laid out nice they have enough settings to where you can customize everything and yet mm -hmm. not so many settings that it's so overwhelming so yeah i mean i ran cinnamon for actually before i was on uh, gnome i was running cinnamon for a while but even years ago when I was before it was KDE, I actually started on KDE and then I switched to Cinnamon. And I was running Cinnamon for about six months to a year. The only thing, the only reason I switched was because of some of the plugins uh, for the desktop mm -hmm. itself, the applets or whatever they're called, the spices. Oh uh, yeah, they, they, yeah, they kind of like broke Cinnamon sometimes and you kind of need those to customize. But now that they have, you know, upgraded the spices website and the way they do things and separated the processes there was like absolutely no issues the last time i ran cinnamon and it ran hmm. beautiful so are you making a big announcement here rocco that you're moving to cinnamon no i'm on solus dude <laughs> <laughs> i said but last week we're going to switch the uh 
channel, the uh, Telegram channel, the Destination Solus. So, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Solus has been. Ha, have you noticed on your side how popular Solus has become? It seems because I'm newer into the Linux community, but Solus really wasn't necessarily on my radar, though I'd heard about it. But now with Solus three released, it's exploded. Everybody yeah. in our Telegram's talking about it. Uh, it's just all every news article in Linux is talking about it. Have you noticed the increase in popularity as yes. well? Yes, we get a lot of mails about Solus. And, and one of the big questions is, um, you know, so not only do we ask people what distro would you like, but what super key sticker would you like as well? So we offer uh, Debian and an Arch uh, logo. Love that. And, uh, Linux Mint and Ubuntu, Ubuntu Mate, that kind of thing. But we don't have a Solus uh, super key image. And um, we're ordering it. We're getting them made, but we get requests for that all the time. So people are, are, you know, really, I agree with you, out of nowhere, I would say in the last four to six weeks, it has just exploded. Um, and, I, you know, a lot of that is Solus 3, I think, definitely, which is, which is great, very accomplished, um, you know, huge steps. But it was happening even before then. Like, people were starting to move over to Solus um, even mm-hmm. before 3 was released. And, and you know, you even see on, although I don't take much stock in Distro Watch, um, I mean, that is, I mean, it's climbed the list. Yes, I think it's it a thing now. So it's, um, it's, it's really uh, unprecedented uh, growth, really. I'm, I'm excited for, for Ike. Now that he's gone full time on the project, you can see the difference. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can definitely see the difference now. I mean, it was popular before, but I think, uh, you know, always, you know, everybody that you talk to, it was the software the software that kept him from adopting Solus. And with the change and adding Snap support, that has opened it up to where people aren't so hesitant about trying it out. And, you know, once you try it, you you can see that it's pretty awesome. So as long as that problem is no longer there, you're going to have way more adoption of it. So I think uh, it was a great decision by Ike to add the Snap support in, and you can see it. It's all over the headlines. So, Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully they'll they'll uh, I get the feeling there'll be even more desktops added in. And and what's really cool is in the software um, center, which is a great software center, especially for new users. Mm-hmm. Definitely, is, uh, they make it so easy to add new desktops as well. So if you like i3, you can add that in. Um, might even have Cinnamon in there. I'm not sure, but a couple of different desktops to choose from. So. Um, so I, I think that is great, and that really helps bridge the gap for the power users. You know, you can get on your i3, and you can get lots of different themes and that kind of thing, or you can get the snaps if you can't find it. Um, and, it and it really helps bring everyone to the distro. Um, but we do recommend it a lot for new users especially. I think it's a great distro for new users. Okay, Eddie, it has been an amazing chat with you. You are a one-of-a-kind guy who... <laughs> Absolutely loves. You can just feel how much yeah. love yeah. you have for the Linux community, Linux in general, and just distro hopping and selling computers that run Linux. It's been awesome, man. I mean, as well, soon as we found out that you were a distro hopper, you we were knew in. we'd be friends. <laughs> yeah, you were in the club. Um, but we really do appreciate you coming on to the show. I love what you're doing for the Linux community. I love the lineup you guys have, uh, although I feel like you're teasing me too much, but we're going to look around Christmas time. Maybe maybe we'll have something, but it's it's just absolutely so important that um, 
you know, we get attention to folks doing what you're doing in the Linux market, because this is where the growth happens. This is where it really starts to take off from a personal computing standpoint, is having the hardware that's not only up to the standards that other laptop manufacturers are building, but better and more uh, more in line with what really we're expecting from Linux. Because we all say when you start using Linux, it's better operating system. It's more powerful and you have to have the hardware as well to back that up. And that's what you're delivering to the communities. I think it's so important. And I'm so glad you came on the show to share it with us. Really awesome stuff. Well, guys, thanks for for having me. As I said, um, you know, I I love the show and I I love your channels and, and, you know, keep up the great work. We're all big fans and it's uh, it's been a real pleasure. So thank you for having me. Well, you can find more information at www.stationx.rocks and that's their website. You can order a laptop uh, if you are in England or what other countries do you ship to? Uh, so we ship to nine countries uh, in Europe. So France, Germany, um, Spain, Italy, uh, the Netherlands, Belgium, um, and a couple others. And we've got nice. more coming. So we're adding and countries. the USA scene? Very <laughs> He's like, how many times are you going to ask? I know, but hey. <laughs> All right, Eddie. It, like I said, it was a pleasure talking to you. And when your new laptops come out, you're more than welcome to come back and tell us all about it yes perfect sounds like a plan thanks guys see you man. thanks everyone cheers so thank you so much for listening to the interview with eddie we had such a good time doing that interview it was just a pleasure listening to him talk about his company how he's built it from the ground up personally I could uh, feel all the passion that he had, not only for Linux, but the Linux community and really wanting to build something that was going to make Linux shine. And I love the idea that you can get multiple distributions on these laptops. I love the quality and attention to detail, not only in the specs, but also in the overall design and user experience that he talked about. Of course, I don't have one in my hands yet, but I can't wait for the day that I can get my hands on one. Rocco, what did you think? I thought it was totally awesome. Look, they have awesome hardware, but I think the most promising thing of it was the conversation that you have with him. You realize, like you said, the passion that comes through. You see that he loves Linux. Talking to him, you can you can feel that that conversation is is normal. It's not an act. It's not he's trying to sell something. It's they enjoy running Linux. They enjoy using Linux. And they enjoy offering Linux. And that's what was awesome about it. I loved it. That's why I like meeting people like this in the Linux community, because there it just seems like there's so many people we meet that you would just go hang out with. They would be your friend. If you were near them, you would just go hang out with them and talk Linux all day. And that's kind of the, you know, passion within the Linux community that comes through is there's this core subject that we all love and something we want to promote and see it grow. And what I like about Eddie is he's making it happen. He's doing something different and he's filling gaps that are needed within the hardware piece. And he's working closely with the developers. He's obviously got a great relationship with them, which by itself speaks volumes about himself, right? And the crew that he's put together and everything else that he's gathered this much interest for such a young company, which you can't tell it's young based on the products and the website and everything else, but it's there. So I absolutely enjoyed that. I can't wait to have him back on and see you know, three, four months down the road, what's he got going and cooking out there? Because I think his business is going to grow 
I certainly hope it does. And uh, it's going to grow fast. And it's what the Linux community out there, some of the things that we need, the gaps that he's filling. So it's absolutely beautiful. And that Manjaro laptop, it's going to come right? in DOS Geek Green, supposedly, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking to him is a, a real selling point for the company because yeah. you once you get to talk to somebody, you realize who's behind the company, you're more than willing to support that. So speaking of support, we want to thank all of the Patreon subscribers. You, you've done a, a wonderful thing to help us and support us as a podcast, as a channel, and as friends. So a heartfelt thanks to everybody that has supported us Everybody who has been in the Telegram group. It's not mm -hmm. just about money support. It's about just talking and keeping the conversation going. The Telegram group is awesome. And if you want to join in, you can at destinationlinux.org forward slash Telegram. So, Oops. Ryan, where can we find you this week? Well, we'll probably be getting some uh, Rocket League in at some point, you think? potentially. You never know. <laughs> and uh, we're getting better. I went through a bunch of training courses, Did if you? you don't know, in Rocket League. Yes. yes. And let me tell you something. I'm, I'm going to destroy this next time. Thank so you, goodness you guys you're gotta... getting better. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speak for yourself, buddy. Listen, if, I, if I had one of these uh, B-29 Super Fortresses, I bet you I would be better at Rocket League than I am. You know, maybe big screen and stuff, maybe. maybe. But definitely want to echo your love for the community and the Patreons that support us. Uh, it's grown. People are continuing to come in and help, and that helps fund the show and keep it going. So we appreciate it so much. And, of course, the community out there. And uh, you can find me on the Das Geek channel. And, Rocco, where are we going to find you this week? Well, you know we may get some Rocket League in, but you know okay. we're going to be on Friday Night Live. That's so right. That's a, that's a given thing there. Absolutely. And I, I heard you guys got Das Geek on a couple weeks back. It was exciting to see oh such a superstar on Friday Night Live. <laughs> I mean, it was it was breathtaking. But Such a Rocket League pro. I was so Did humbled he, that he would actually so show up and be there and, you know, actually converse in the conversation. <laughs> Imagine <awesome>. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody have a great week. And remember, the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Destination Linux Podcast. Are we ready? I gave you the thumbs up, dude. <laughs> I don't know what the thumbs up means. What do you mean? You don't know. We what don't have signs yet. What do you think? We need to write them down. Like Wait, this. I thought the thumb was an international code. I need like a for... pen clicking or something. You do that often enough in the show, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Really? I do. Yes, you do. Dang it! There, it's right. gone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the thumbs up was an international sign for "We're ready. Let's go. We're ready. Let's do All it." Right. And act. All right. <laughs> You're killing me, dude. I know, man. We have too good of a time. <laughs>